Roundtable Labs presents Construction Junction, the junction between accounting and construction. Please welcome our host, Tanya Schulte. Welcome back to another edition of the Construction Junction podcast. I am so excited today to introduce to you some really good friends of mine. Everyone that's on the podcast today is someone that I know that I've collaborated with that I really enjoy hanging out with on a regular basis. I'm excited to introduce to you something uh, that I have participated in for quite some time. And uh, now there's extended opportunity to for you to participate in as well. It's called Roundtable. So I've been a part of a Roundtable for several years. I don't even know how far back it goes. Um, and Richard Ropa, who is the founder of Roundtable, is here to share with us today more about Roundtable. And then we're going to be introducing you to something really exciting, something brand new that I just got to start being a part of. It's become something of a passion project of mine over the last few months. Um, and you, and we're going to tell you what that is here in just a little bit. Um, but we're going to talk to Richard and find out what is Roundtable. If you'd like to find out more after this podcast, go to roundtablelab.com. Like you're mixing something up in the science lab, roundtablelab.com and find out more about it. But today you're going to find out how did Roundtable get started? Why did Roundtable get started? What is Roundtable and what do we do there? And then find out more about why you could be a part of it. And the great thing about Roundtable is as it uh, grows and expands, um, there's still opportunity to be a part of a smaller, somewhat intimate group in some of these groups and to really get to know people in your chosen field, whether that's just straight accounting or whether you're specifically, as we talk about here all the time on the Construction Junction podcast and the construction accounting world where construction and accounting meet. And uh, there's just some really exciting things going on over in Roundtable. So before I give way too much of it away, I'm going to just cut this beginning segment a lot shorter than I normally do. And I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with um, our first guest, Richard Ropa. We'll be right back. Hi, Richard. I'm so glad to have you here today. My friend Richard Ropa is joining us for this episode of the Construction Junction podcast. Um, Richard, tell us about you. Like, how are you even connected to this accounting world? Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited. I've watched the evolution of this, and uh, I just love everything that you're doing. So thank thank you. you so much for having us on. Thank you. Um, how did I get started with Roundtable? Yeah. Let's see. So it was about 2015. I had just started Quasar Cowboy Consulting, and it was growing faster than I was expecting. And what I found is that I was doing one-on-one business coaching, having a, a, a really good time with it, getting my feet wet with all of that. But there were too many people that I was dealing with. And so... Um, kind of as a stopgap measure for a backlog of people that wanted to to work with me, I threw everybody into this group and said, all right, let's figure things out. And it turned into Roundtable. And it in the initial days, it was it was five people. We had a, a wonderful cohort. We still got uh, most of the original five from the very first days of Roundtable. But we defined what it was 
as we went. We started figuring out the, the, the questions and issues and problems that I was dealing with in a one-on-one basis with everybody we were doing in this roundtable. And so, you know, from, from being a part of the roundtable, we can talk about any number of things. It can be uh, one thing, five things, or 15 things in any given session. And so it started uh, with just some group discussions because I needed to have a place to put people, but there was some magic there. And go ahead, please. I, I think the original, from the beginning, did you call it not the only one? Oh, there's, there's actually a, a funny way that it came about. I didn't even have time to name it. I actually called it the Unnamed Roundtable Project. Nice. And it was about 12 weeks in, and one of our members said, now I get it. I'm not the only one who's been there. Nice. And that, that was absolutely the concept of the entire thing. It kind of stuck. We, we played with the name, uh, tried to make it a little more formal and correct. And then I was like, no, not the only one is perfect because you're not the only one that's been down this road. And that's been, that's been kind of the overarching theme of the entire Roundtable project as we build it and start new ones is that you're leveraging the experiences of the people that have been there before you and they're leveraging your experiences somebody else has done what you're trying to do. That's happened over and over again with you personally, I know. Yeah. Um, we, we have these unbelievably great discussions and there are people in the room that I, I every now and again, I'm like, they're not gonna learn anything today. And every time those light bulbs go off and it, it's always fascinating for me to see that. I love I think- it. I think for me, that's part of the magic of being in one of these roundtable groups is the idea that no matter what level of quote unquote expertise or uh, how many years of experience any of us have in the group, there's always a different perspective that every single individual brings to the table that everyone in the room just gets to learn something. Like you said, learn something every time because not only are there a lot of smart people at the table, but there are a lot of people with different skills and expertise and experience. And all of that coming together into one space just makes for, like you said, some magic to be happening there. Tanya, I've had a lot of people ask over the years, well, why don't we, the, the people with employees, let's segregate them off into, into a room. Uh, the people without employees, let's get them. What about the, the people that fill in the blank? And I always resisted because it truly was the power of, you know, you may not have employees right now, but you may at some point. And these discussions about employees specifically, they're going to come back around and and people are going to remember them. Mm -hmm. Um, About three years in, we decided to really expand the way that we communicate. Uh, We had a really interesting statistic for our Slack workspace that just kind of popped up on my radar a couple of days ago, and I was fascinated by it. Since January 1 of this year, our Slack workspace for roundtables, we've done, we've passed 51,000 some hundred messages since January 1. That blew my mind. That's people 
in this community every day talking about the important stuff and sometimes the not important stuff. We had a fantastic thread on Friday. Yeah. It was one of my favorites it, and it came out of nowhere. It just very organically, it was in one of our humor channels and it was about, it was about celebrity sightings. I think you had a, a couple of really good ones. We had, we had some other folks that had some, it's fascinating to see where people's lives have just intersected with all kinds of things, including celebrity sightings. Um, we talk about important stuff and some not important stuff. Yeah. And we help each other. And I think for me, I've used this word a lot uh, over the last few months in talking about this. There's the whole idea of the magic happening, that we're all building our businesses together. But in reality, what you've built and are building is a true community of people. That That is correct. I, I, I can tell you there are so many wonderful stories, um, especially during the pandemic, right? When the pandemic started, uh, people just reaching out and helping each other when they got sick or when they were when they were down with what could have been COVID or what was a cold, but everybody was taking extra special care of themselves. We've had so many things happen in this community that it's it's hard to name. One of my one of my absolute favorites, Tanya, is we've had two people that decided to form a partnership because they got to know each other in this group. I like and your I like your business partner that keeps walking in front of my me. my project manager Betty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's she's wondering why I'm doing this instead of uh, doing some something like feeding her treats right now. Because, yes. Yeah. yeah, she's like it's break time. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Sorry, um, I interrupted your story about the partnership. No, that's okay. But they they formed a partnership. They were they were both um, doing fantastic in their own business, but combining forces, they've been able to really set out the path that they want to forge for themselves because what they found is one was really good at social media and marketing and sales and process. And the other was very good at accounting, just didn't want to talk to people a lot. And when they came together, now their skills are combined and they overlap and they know exactly what they're doing. And they hit, they hit the pavement every day and grow that business. And it's amazing. And I think that that story kind of encapsulates something else that's pretty special about Roundtable is that it's pretty much for everyone as long as they're not being a jerk. Right? That, that is correct. Like, we, no jerks allowed. But other than that, everyone is welcome. And you find that there's so many different personality types. There's so many different backgrounds. There's so many different things happening. Um, but again, back to that, it's a true community. Um, though the strengths and weaknesses that each of us have end up strengthening the group as a whole because we're able to play off of those strengths and weaknesses so well. And um, like you were saying during COVID, when uh, maybe some people's businesses had slumped off and people were just like opening their doors with projects and uh, things were just flowing so well. That for me, again, there's just such a um, dynamic I keep coming back to the word community, but I don't know what, how else to describe it. There's just so many people that truly care about one another in the group. And it's so evident when you're a part of the group. It is. I, I was uh, helping a new member get in for the first time on Friday. They did their first little hello world introduction message. 
And what just warms my heart is just seeing so many people come in to say, welcome, you're going to love it here. Uh, I tell everybody when they sign on, jump into the Slack workspace, explore, get to know people, uh, and nothing is off limits. Yeah. And uh, except don't be a jerk. That's kind of our number one rule. We're very self-policing and I love that. Uh, in the six years that this has been going, I don't think I've had ever to give anybody a warning or any of that. The, the group is, I think everybody is themselves. Everybody gives of themselves and everybody takes, and it's wonderful. Um, we, we have this cooperative agreement that we're just going to learn from each other. We're going to, in some cases, expose ourselves, expose our businesses, expose ourselves might not have been the right phrasing there, but I think you know what I meant. Um, Being vulnerable, right? There you go. Being vulnerable. And we, we've, as a community, I think one of the, one of the other things is just, I've had people reach out to me about people who are not in the community to say, this person really needs some help. Get them in. Yeah. I always do. And create a reach out, bring them on in. One of those very people is hosting one of our newest roundtables now. We've got a, uh, we've got several new roundtables. And Tanya, may I, may I? Uh, I think this is a perfect, perfect segue. Go for perfect. it. Perfect. Uh, I'm really proud of some of the things that we're doing, including we're having a tie-in to this very podcast. And we called it Construction Junction Roundtable. And it's where construction and accounting meet. Yes. And I'm so excited about it. We've got some of the folks that are in that roundtable that are going to come on the podcast in just a little while and share some of their experiences. We're at the very beginning stages of that particular roundtable. We've introduced a nonprofit roundtable called Empower Nonprofits. It's fascinating. That was a, when I sat in on that one for the very first time, I never realized how different nonprofit businesses and nonprofit accountants are. It's fascinating to watch all the differences there. And then we've got another one, which is building very fast called Empower Your Passion. And it's all about limiting mindsets, limiting beliefs. Imposter syndrome is kind of that, that first one. It's leave your imposter at the door. We don't need it, but we're going to give people the tools and the help to really be able to leave it at the door. Very excited about that one. Some of the comments coming out of that are fantastic. Awesome. So before we dive off and bring in our construction junction roundtablers, which I'm very excited about, um, tell us what are the benefits for someone who might be interested in joining roundtables? So we've kind of talked about how did it grow? Um, we know that there's meetings that are happening. How do those meetings happen? And then Slack, you talked about that. So what are, if someone's interested in joining roundtable, kind of what comes along with that? That's a great question. I'm really glad you asked. Uh, so uh, with your membership in Roundtable, everybody gets two general sessions for their particular Roundtable that they've signed up for. Those sessions are 90 minutes and um, each, each different Roundtable has a little slightly different edge to it and it's, they're developing their own personalities. Um, and, and in addition to those two meetings per month, we also have one where the entire community, regardless of which roundtables you're in, they come together and it's called One Topic Roundtable. And the concept there is we take 
one topic, we dig in and we beat it to death until we don't need to beat it anymore. Uh, but that's the only topic that we talk about during one topic. Uh, you have guest hosted on one topic where we talked about pricing. We have others where we talk about specific apps or uh, others where we talk about specific concepts that we want to uh, handle in a little bit more of a, a deep dive. It could be like, how do I hire? It could be, how do I fire? It could be anything across the spectrum of questions that accountants have for their businesses. Great. And then also the Slack channels that we have going on. Yeah, we also, um, and thank you for, for that. Uh, we also have the Slack channels. I think right now uh, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 35, 36 channels. Uh, they're all subdivided by category and which roundtable you're in. And um, the one thing that I really love about the Slack workspace is for the people that are in the Construction Junction roundtable, they can also reach out and talk and communicate with the people that are in, for instance, the nonprofit or Empower Your Passion roundtables. Um, but there's also this privacy veil. You're going to talk about things that you don't want to leave that room. You want to just keep it under the in the walls of the Construction Junction roundtable. So in addition to our no jerks rule, we have, we have privacy rules set up. We also don't record any of our meetings, Tanya, and that's kind of a change from the general population of meetings that we all attend. Hey, I'm not going to be able to be there. Can I get the recording later? The answer is always no. You have to participate if you want to be there. Uh, somebody may take notes for you. Somebody may give them to you, but you got to be there if you want to participate in that particular meeting. Not only do you have to be there, but you also know that it's not being recorded for posterity. It's not one of those things that goes out on the internet. And if you say something wrong, it's there forever. Like it's a, a very, I think the word safe space has been overdone, right? But it's a, it's a space where you can really say what you want and need to say without fear. Exactly. You, you just nailed it in the, in the very first iteration we were recording and I was realizing the one time that I didn't hit that record button, people were much more honest. They were themselves. They didn't have that, that fear of not being professional or asking a dumb question or any of those things. And so that's kind of become one of our hallmark or cornerstones rather of the entire thing is that it's private. We don't, I don't post screenshots of everybody that showed up for roundtable. I don't uh, use you guys as publicity tools. I want you to feel very comfortable inside the roundtable being yourselves with your peers. I call it collaboration without competition. I think that's the best way to describe it. I love that. All right. Well, I'm excited to talk to the roundtablers that we have joining us are part of the Construction Junction Roundtable. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back and talk to them. Just a reminder that we here at Construction Junction also host a roundtable over at Roundtable Labs just for construction types like you. But guess what? We're not the only ones. Roundtable Labs has more than a few current roundtables to choose from, as well as new themes on the horizon for launch throughout 2021. Roundtable isn't a workshop or seminar. Instead, we dive deep into issues faced by accountants and bookkeepers and their clients. We tackle all the topics together and also support each other when things get hard. 
Think of it as a cross between an advisory board, a mastermind, and a support group for financial types that you didn't even know you needed. So if you're looking to build a better business for you and build better clients, head over to Roundtable Labs and see what they have to offer. Welcome back. There are a lot of guests joining us. This is unusual for our podcast because we typically have just two guests, but we have three guests for our final segment. So I'm going to introduce each one of you and I'd like for you to share a little bit about, obviously I'll introduce you with your name, but then if you could share uh, something about your business and why you joined the Construction Junction Roundtable. I'd really like to kind of hear uh, what brought you uh, to come and join us. So I'm just going to start in order of who's up on my screen. So Jim, Jim McCarty, tell us your business name and what is it that you do? So the business name is Craftsman CPA and it's sort of been an evolving business. Started off with a lot of tax, a little bit of accounting consulting, and now I've really moved into the consulting and accounting in construction um and really i was looking for other construction minded people who could be a sounding board to bring new ideas new skill sets things that i didn't have to complement me and also to help guide as i try to grow this out that's awesome and i think something that's really cool is not only are you in the construction space but you've kind of really honed in on a, a niche even further than that I have, I've, I've been trying to stay focused on subcontractors, which is really like a micro niche of construction. Mm-hmm. So um, I really feel like they need a lot of help and, and I think they're under an underserved market. I love that. I absolutely agree with that as well. Matthew Fulton, tell us about you. Hello, my name is Matthew Fulton. I am with Parkway Business Solutions out of Ventura, California. Um, also the co-creator of a Facebook group, QB Community Live. Uh, really, the biggest reason I, I've joined this group is I've always been told that you should always be in a room where you're not the smartest person, that you want to be in an environment that you can collaborate, communicate, and learn from. And I, I feel that, especially when it comes to construction accounting, probably most of us never actually, we didn't go, I think I want to do construction accounting. I think it kind of finds us kind of like a lost puppy somewhat. Um, and you just enjoy it. For me, I find that the people I'm interacting with, they're just fun. They're, they're good people. They're passionate about what they do. And I think that helped call me into this type of an industry. So I'm glad to be part of this group and to continue to learn my trade. Great. Thank you. Louise, tell us about your business and what drew you to this roundtable. Sure. So I'm Louise Pooley. My company's Pooley Accounting Services, and we're based in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, we've been in business for 13 years, and we're very much a general accounting shop. But over the last couple of years, I've been trying to define some niche areas that we would wanted to move into. And construction was one of them. Uh, and I had seen you speak at QuickBooks Connect, so I know that you have a lot to share. And so when this opportunity came up, I thought this was a great opportunity, like Matthew said, to collaborate with others and learn from others on how we can serve that that construction niche, niche best. Um, and a bit like Jim, up until this point, we've mainly worked with specialty trade subcontractor type uh, companies. So I have a feeling that's probably where our niche is going to end up being. But we've also done some general contracting clients. 
Very cool. I think that's one of the things, and I'm just going to dive right into discussion. So everybody feel free to unmute and, and just be a part of the discussion. But I think that's one of the things that um, is fascinating. And we've kind of uh, joked about it a little bit in some of our roundtable meetings. Um, when you say you're in construction accounting, that really can mean a huge pool of different things, right? Yep. So uh, that's something that I'm, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to kind of diving into that and in some of our future Construction Junction Roundtable conversations in terms of what one of the things that you just said, Jim, there's like some underserved markets in there mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of people who are in construction tend to focus more on residential general contractors. You can find all kinds of chart of accounts accounts that have all the different phases that are needed for that. I mean, there's a lot of information that you can find generally available in that space. Um, but in order to serve some of those specialty trade and subcontractors, I think that's that's something that uh, really is a wide open space and area for us to all go and explore in right now and really help serve that market. Um, but Speaking of that, I'm now I'm just talking shop, right? <laughs> excited about that. But um, in Roundtable, I'm excited to find out what what are you guys. So so first of all, before we even get into what are you looking for going forward, what have you found so far by being a part of the Roundtable? So speaking in terms of like being in our group discussions, being on the Slack, what have you guys found so far um, that's been helpful in growing your business? Louise, I know you jo- you dove right in. Yeah. Um, I, on Slack, it's been kind of helpful because um, sometimes people will post situations that they're handling. And um, sometimes I've got a solution, but sometimes I'm reading it and going, okay, we haven't come across that. But now I kind of know how I might be able to use it, you know, handle something in the future. The other thing that Slack immediately gave me um, kind of exposure to was applications that I was not even aware existed. And um, I know until I started attending QuickBooks Connect a few years ago, I really felt like I was behind the industry in terms of understanding what was available and when it might be used. Um, And here in the Midwest, we don't tend to have conferences coming here. So I always have to travel so I haven't had many opportunities to attend conferences so for me this community is is good from that perspective to kind of understand what others might be using and what situations they would use it in and what are the pros and cons of using it um and so that's been really really helpful awesome Matthew you know, I was, as you were talking earlier, I was thinking back on the first time you and I actually um, had an opportunity to collaborate, which was Scaling New Heights, and we were on that. Um, I was moderating a construction panel. Um, I was like, nobody even knew who I was yet. I was just like, had this great opportunity to to moderate this panel. You were there with uh, some of our other friends in the industry. And the whole conversation was talking about how wide, like all the different types of construction and what type of apps should you use and what kind of processes and what things should you be uh, looking out for? What hurdles do you have to avoid? You know, um, and this just totally made me think of it. I never even considered like Jim uh, was saying subcontractors. As soon as you said that in my brain, it's like, duh, absolutely. But never even considered that. And it's such a brilliant idea. Um, for me, falling into the niche, and I know I'm not quite onto the question, but I just thought it was an interesting thing to share is I'm a real tech dork. I love technology. I love playing you with that. 
What? No, not me. <laughs> um, I think I actually kind of found my way more in, like moving towards this industry because I became infatuated with how to use like QuickBooks Online projects with the now QuickBooks Time and the payroll and starting to see the pieces come together and then having these different clients that could be used for specialty trade. I'm like, oh, I could do this for them. And it it kind of like tugged me towards it. Um, so I thought that is, uh, it's, it's great. And now having other people to collaborate with that I don't have to know every little detail about plumbers or uh, electricians. Um, I can rely on their experiences to help me avoid some uh, complicated, expensive mistakes. That, I think, uh, Jim, you and I just had that conversation the other day that that's one of the things that drew you and I to the construction side of things. There's so many more puzzles to solve, so many more little pieces to put together that it makes it interesting and fascinating. I, I it am, is. There's a lot of puzzles. Yeah, go for it. What? What? Uh, tell us about that. So, I mean, to me, the construction junction, what it allows, first of all, you, you walk into a Zoom room and people just understand. I mean, construction is one of those. I mean, everybody here can attest that if you're if you've never looked at construction, it's one of those. It can be a very daunting hill to climb. Yeah. And you say, wow, all these different things to know. And you say, well, what am I going to focus on? All this new technology coming at me and hey. I need the price right so I have enough profit so that I can invest in myself because being part of this is really working on the business versus working in the business. And so you look at it and you say, okay, I got I have a, a group of people behind me that are helping me. And that was the analogy I gave the other day of the sixth or eighth degree black belt who still has his instructor. And now instead of having one master instructor, you have a group of master instructors that are all helping you learn as they're learning too. It's just a journey. There's never a destination. It's a journey that keeps going as far as you want to take it. Yeah. So. I love that analogy. What's funny about that process as well, though, is it's when you try to help teach someone else that you learn the most. Isn't that yeah. interesting that you're coming in asking for help, but in a sense, by asking the questions, you are motivating the other person's maturity and growth as well. Yes, absolutely. That's a cool insight, Matt. It really is. It, it really is. I like that that you brought that up because I, I've heard that comment come back over and over again over the years is the, uh, especially for the folks who always thought of, uh, the bookkeeper down the street as the competition. Uh, they never would have these discussions with people who they could potentially be competing with, right? Because, you know, there's not enough of us to go around for all the businesses in, in the accounting space. I'm kidding, of course. There's plenty of business out there for everybody to have. Um, one of my favorite things also is, you know, when you get a prospect that is sort of in your niche, but sort of not, there's always somebody that uh, you can collaborate with either as a second set of hands or as somebody who wants to learn, or frankly, as somebody that you can just push it to. Uh, those, are, those are some great moments too. And you know, you've got this prospect taken care of, even though you thought you would never be able to, and oh, who am I gonna push them to? We learn things about the people in the group every day. Um, 
uh, one of my favorite things to see is people trying new things. That's the, the most fascinating part of it is, is when people just look up and go, wow, there's a problem to solve. Let's try and do this. Uh, and sometimes it's individually and sometimes it's, it's in groups. And uh, those, those are the moments that make my day. Yeah. You know, I, I like my role to be, because uh, I think everybody here knows I'm not an accountant and I'm not a bookkeeper. So how, why am I here, right? I'm here to basically be Glenda the Good Witch. I want to help people pull out of themselves what they had all along. It's there. They just needed some guidance and some help. And I want to facilitate getting the answers, the help, the guidance, the moral support, whatever it may be to the people in need. You're helping to remind us the trees in the forest to be able to see what really is going on. You know, because we're when you're so invested in your own company, and we all do this, it doesn't matter how long you've been in business, you, you get these blinders on and having the opportunity to be able to reach out and collaborate with other like-minded professionals that can be like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Uh, I could tell you, it's amazing. When you start to do this, we receive more leads now from our fellow accountants than we do through any form of paid marketing. Uh, it's, it's amazing, community. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that wonderful when you, when you realize that? I, I've had a lot of people that are in the group, you know, well, here's my budget for marketing. And they really do find that they're getting more leads from their peers and their colleagues than they were ever getting from a Facebook ad or from, uh, you know, a post on Instagram. And it's, it's wonderful watching th that mental shift to, ah, I've got a whole resource group here that uh, if I just keep my eyes peeled, there's a, there's a bunch of referrals in there to take. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. And I think part of it for me too, when we first started talking about even uh, starting this construction junction round table was this big idea of paying it forward because having been a part of this community for so long and having from the beginning of my business, I was so fortunate and blessed to have people who just came right alongside me at the beginning. <laughs> so I didn't have to make a lot of mistakes <laughs> at the beginning um, and just guided me in, in really good directions in terms of pricing, in terms of how to find ideal clients. And, and so all of that was something that I really felt like um, it was almost incumbent upon me to, to pay it forward. And then the great part is, even in this group, there's been so many things that I've been able to learn from you guys in the short time that we've been meeting that I'm like, we should have been doing this a year ago. <laughs> Where is this coming from? And like Jim was talking about earlier, I was thinking it was so, it's like so true of, of the experience. Jim came to me a while back and asked for me to help collaborate with him on some, some client work. And so I was able to show him a few things, but then as that project has grown between him and I, he's come to me with questions. That I'm like, I don't know, Jim, I've never seen that before. And so he and I both now are going out and investigating things and sending each other articles back and forth. And it's, there's this whole growth thing that happens on both sides. Like never ever imagine that because you're a quote unquote expert that you know it all, right? And it's it's always about this, like Jim said earlier, this long-term journey of learning. Yeah. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna redirect for just a second if you don't mind because you're you've got a really interesting thing going on in your own roundtable in that uh, so for the general sessions and not the only one we don't have a set agenda we don't have any set particular topics people show up we talk about things in the moment you've got a little bit more structure in yours and that's what I love because my I think my only direction to you was make it your own Tanya. Yeah. Do what you want. And as long as there was that group discussion component, which is the heart of what we do, anything else is, is there. You've got some really good ideas coming up in the future. I think you're going to, uh, well, I should let you explain it, not me. Try to uh, put it through my own uh, translation matrix. Yeah. No, we, we are. We're actually going to have some of those conversations. As we were talking about, I think, sort of the beginning of the segment, we're going to have more conversations about, do you want a niche in specialty trade or subcontractor? Or do you want a niche in general contractor? Do you, and what is the difference, right? Like, why would it matter if you're just going to call yourself a construction accountant? Why would it matter if it's the difference between those two? Residential and commercial, there's a huge difference between those two areas of expertise, right? And so we're going to dive into some of those uh, questions and as a group explore, okay, let's, let's find out from Jim. Why did he decide specialty trade and subcontractors is where you should go? What, what fueled that decision? And then what information can we give him? But also the thing, and this is the thing I've always loved about Roundtable, right? As we discuss what, why Jim made that decision, not only will those aha moments and light bulbs go off for others, but it could make Louise realize, oh, that's not the area I want to go. Now, I'm not going to say that's mm -hmm. what's going to happen, but it could be, right? The more that we talk about it, she'd be like, oh yeah, I don't want to get involved in any of that. So that for me, again, is the magic of having those discussions and why the construction junction roundtable makes so much sense. Because like Jim said earlier, I could go to not the only one roundtable and I've gotten so much out of it over the years. I'm super happy to have been a part of it. But when I start talking about job costing, I can see some people's eyes just sort of glaze oh. over. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> and that's fine. That That's not their niche. It's not what they want to do. But like Jim said earlier, it's so nice to come into the room and be like, guys, I'm really stuck on how, what do I do with this direct versus indirect labor and not have people go, what? What is she talking about? <laughs> talking about, I think. I think the other thing there that that you're really doing a great job of dispelling is um, job costing is not. Let's sit down and watch a video for an hour, and I know everything about job costing. Yeah, um, we've seen that over and over again over the years, uh, Tanya. We've we've had multiple discussions about that, yeah. and so what I love is you're going to be doing some deep dives into these things. Um, and I think you're also going to be doing some deep dives into uh, construction adjacent things like the apps that help uh, the, the construction industry along with the accounting industry move forward. And uh, what I love is it's going to be no holds barred. It's going to be tearing it apart, talking about the good, talking about the bad, talking about the ugly. And how can we make this a better experience for the clients that we're serving? And I that just makes my heart melt. I, I love those moments when I see those things. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Go ahead, Matt. I see you. So many people think like when you choose a niche or a niche, however you wish to go about it. Um, bless you. Whether you're Canadian that, or not. I think Canadian exactly. or American? Is that, yeah. Well, either way. Um, that you, you're going to get bored because, oh, well, I'm only going to be focusing on this one thing. And it, 
it's always the exact opposite. For example, you may be talking about construction, but are you familiar with how sales tax works for the area based on where the stuff's being delivered? Whether you paid for sales tax ahead of time or not, how do you handle that stuff? How, how should you guide your clients to try to make it easier for you and to keep them out of hot water? And that's just one example. You don't know what you don't know until you start talking to your friends about it. Mm-hmm. Matt, I have to I have to admit, I went down that path with a client last year. I was helping them write a course that was um, all about sales tax. And it made my head spin, all the nuances between remodel, new construction. Uh, I mean, you can buy the, the, the same items and sometimes they're taxable, sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's where it was delivered from. Sometimes it's where it's delivered to. It's like this. I I just wanted to run and say, not looking at construction ever again, because the nuances were so complicated. It takes a really special kind of person to get in there and understand and love that stuff. And it's and then they change it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think uh, four or five years ago here in Arizona, they passed a law. We don't even have sales tax here in Arizona. We have transaction privilege tax. So that's a whole other discussion. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, about five <laughs> ago, the state legislators passed a law that they called the TPT Simplification Act. So I'm just going to leave that right there because you know, you all know exactly how much it simplified. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, the other one that was fascinating to me was the concept of use tax and if you're charged less tax than you should have been taxed and paying the head loaded. Yeah, and we have that in Missouri. And some people file it and some people don't. Depends usually on whether they got caught out on it in the past. And it typically was stuff you bought online, but now Amazon has um distribution centers here so they tax everything so now usually the returns are zero but I, i'm with you sale the sales tax nuances are interesting to say the least and then the add use tax to it people are kind of like what's this tax they're not you know they're not used to it you just brought up a great point that again the community that collaboration so so the whole issue we had was the wayfair act that mm-hmm. so yeah. this conversation x number of years ago wouldn't have happened and yeah. there will be different people that ha- are at different areas of the learning curve of that so you have a better opportunity of not missing a vital update by going it alone i mean there's just too yeah. much yeah. Oh, and we yeah, just talked about sales tax think about payroll what about yeah. that not only that but like think about last year the discussions that we were having i remember being in multiple discussions with multiple different people matt you were included in this where we were all reading ppp legislation oh gosh the exact same words and getting a different meaning out of it three different people getting three different meanings out of the exact same words and we were all wrong and we're still there. Yes. The, and and with the legislation changing things daily, I think we're still waiting for, is it going to be income or not income? Right. If you go to PPP loan or an idle well, loan in our particular states. states. Yeah. Every different state's doing different things. Yeah. Our state still hasn't decided. And I think that is a huge, huge component of why, as Matt just said, being a part of a community like this is 
so important and, and engaging and being there, right? Like you said, you have to come to the meetings, Richard, because you can sign up and join, but if you don't come, if you don't join in the conversation in the Slack, there's so many little things that you might miss. Whereas with this huge, I've heard- This is a participation sport. Absolutely yeah, a participation absolutely. sport. I've heard it referred to before as the hive mind, right? Like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Let me go ask the hive mind because it's much more brilliant than my one little mind. I need to know the right answer. And I'm gonna go ask all these people who are smarter than me, who live in different places than I do, who have different experiences, who've seen different things, who read the legislation also, and I can bounce ideas up. Well, but did, but this word down here, I think might mean something that this word up here seems to contradict. What do you think? I don't know. That always fascinates me more than anything, Tanya, is when we come into the meetings, it's like, well, I read all 612 pages of that legislation. Really? You did? Oh. Leave Matt now. I can't Matt believe did. Matt, we must have pushed 50, 60 people to Matt's webinar in the early days. I think you did a webinar with, uh, is it Jacob? Um, yeah, so we did with uh, Hector, Jacob, and I yes. have done a couple. I did a couple with ADP. We did one of them with ADP that had 1,400 people on live at the same time. Wow. Oh, my goodness. This, speaking of ADP, can I throw another thing out there that I think is a really uh, fabulous part of being roundtable? Do you know how many times I've needed to have a connection at an app? And I went, oh, I know who has connections at that app. Let me go reach out to my friend and they'll be able to help me get to someone who can actually answer my questions rather than just having to call the customer support line and maybe get help and maybe not. Um, that's a huge help. Tanya, I want to I want to explain something about uh, what you just said because it it is a wonderful thing that you brought up. Yes, we all have different connections with different apps. One of the other things I'm trying to foster in the in the community is bringing the apps to you. Yes, as we know we've been there how many times? We don't want to sit through a 45 minute demo when we want to get one answer to see if it solves this one thing for a client. Right. Um, that's usually the impetus for bringing them into a one topic, talking to the bigger group, but we give them guest channels and they're very, uh, I call them reactive channels. We can go in there and seek them out, but they can't reach into the bigger part of the community. They can't see who's in it, et cetera. So if you reach in there, it's almost like um, a built-in support line, but not support because sometimes it's, hey, I want to give you some ideas for future upgrades. Um, we've had one, do you mind if I mention them by name? Because they've been exemplary. Financial Sense has been in as a, as a guest channel for months now. I think half the people in Roundtable have gone to Financial Sense to manage their day-to-days uh, in their practice. And it's it's for multiple reasons, but it's the power of the peer network. People know that other people are using it so they can ask questions, et cetera. There's, uh, they're all on the same learning curve, but we've also got the CEO, creator, founder, marketing guy, et cetera, in a financial sense channel. And if anybody has a question, they bounce in there and he answers it right away. Yeah. And not just questions, but I was sitting thinking, you know, Matt and I both know from personal experience that Intuit's reading feedback. We know that they are. We know that they're Absolutely. acting on the feedback. But at the same time, the in within the roundtable Slack channel, it's like you can give 
feedback that you actually get an answer back on, right? It's a you can whole talk different to the developer. Level. Right. <laughs> you, or or yeah, you can talk to whomever and and but they're immediately answering. Even if the answer is, well, that's not in our pipeline, let us think about it. At least you got an answer. Whereas when I submit feedback and the Intuit thing, I just it goes sort of out into the ether. I know they're reading it. Don't get me wrong. I understand that they are. But at the same time, I don't get an answer back from them saying, well, we're going to do this, that, or the other with your feedback. I just have to hope that they'll at some point act on it. Whereas at least in the Slack channel, when that developer answers me back, the reason I decided we're not going to put that on my on my list is because of it. At least have an answer. I know then, okay, well, I'm not going to find that in that app. I've also trained them very well to not say things like, that's coming next quarter. Good. Because if next quarter comes and it passes, you've lost your shot. And so talking to the reality and doing something that's kind of innovative, saying the word no. Um, I, I can't tell you how many demos I've been on with apps where I ask if it does something and they will... And, and I'm going to use a word of Matt's here. They're going to literally <laughs> dance around the question. Literally. I hate it when they do that. <laughs> no, it's uh, those dance routines get really complicated sometimes, but, but they dance around the issue. They give me three workarounds and then I just rephrase. So is the answer no? Right. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of eye opening when they go, oh yeah, it's, that's a no. Uh, but we get those directly in the group. And, and it's, it's because I actually behind the scenes, I'm like, okay, that was a you should have said, no, come yeah. on. They're like, all right. And they go back out there. But I like to think of it as, as app training ground, you know, they are, let, let's, let's face it. They pay a lot of money to go to conferences. Yep. It's to get access to y'all. Y'all are actively avoiding that communication with that because we don't want to get the marketing emails the next day, you know, Hey, I saw you at, uh, at QuickBooks connect. And we I know it's tax time, but can I take an hour of your life, please? Right. Exactly. And that's that we're actually able to send that message in unison and help them create a better experience. I, one of the very first lessons that I give to all the apps is not everybody wants to be in your partner program day one. Not everybody is reaching out because it's for them. Right. Uh, it's not always going to be transformational for their practice. Let's solve the problem that they have and the reason that they reached out first. Right. And then you can go into all the other things. Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of the things about, I know everyone looking at all the faces in this room, every single one of us, I could care less if the app's going to give me a kickback or a partner program. Mm-hmm. All I want, I want to serve my clients well. At the end of the day, I want a good app that does what needs to happen for the furtherance of my client's business. And so I don't care about anything else that the app promises me. Like you said, Richard, I just need to know, is it going to solve this problem that the, that the client's having today? So that's one of the things that being in a group like this, this conversation, we're, we're not able to do complete justice to exactly what we do in this group, because a big part of it is instead of having an app company come in and do that big 45 minute demo that leaves you just honeymoon phased until you forget about it, uh, you actually have 
we we will jump in and we will demonstrate and have one of our cohorts actually show how we're using it and that is a hundred percent more effective than any time somebody going through a quick demo using i mean you can tell they're hitting the dots just because they've done it so many times right um we we actually dive in and we can help talk about the challenges and find solutions uh, which goes back to why it's beautiful, the whole not recording it at times. So that's one thing we're not able to demonstrate through this conversation now. I'm, I'm going to tell a quick story on one of my favorite apps, and it, it was uh, Yusuf West from Relay Financial. Uh, I absolutely love Relay Financial. I've, I've got my bank accounts there. It's fantastic. Hi. You too as well, Tanya? Mm -hmm. uh, I got my I, card I was, right here. I was just trying to look for it. <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're, their customer service is beyond customer service. It is. Yes. I, I think the best way to describe it is it was T it was T their customer service is like T sheets was back in the day. And uh, I, I just long for more companies to have customer service like this. But when Yusuf and I first started talking, I was like, okay. And I walked down the no demo thing. He went kind of froze. He's like, and it took him a few minutes to get into that. Now we did do a demo, but it was an hour in and it was after everybody had asked questions and they went into some deep accounting stuff. He was able to answer everything, some in the affirmative, some in the negative. I was thrilled with the way that that went. We, we jumped in, we did a demo. I think they got a bunch of new, new accounts open that same day. But uh, here we are 18 months later and he's like, okay, I'm ready to do another, another one topic round table because he, we've got a whole new crop of people and he wants to, he wants to show it off, which I am going to happily oblige because they, they were an amazing app and they have provided some amazing support for everybody. I think that one of the conversations that you and I've had about that as well, Richard, is that apps and or service providers to the industry that come and do a one topic they have to be prepared because like you said that day relay got new clients right um and so it has been interesting watching the evolution of some of the apps sort of they fall flat on their face afterwards right like they are not prepared for the numbers of people that will come from roundtable and sign up and then Matthew and I are known for like going in and breaking software, right? I think Jim, you and I are getting to that point too, where we and yeah. I are like breaking pieces of the software that we're working through, right? <laughs> um, and I think some apps aren't prepared for the fact that we're going to dive in and we are going to be all in on making sure that this is going to solve the problems we need it to solve. I, I always love when they start going down that demo path and I redirect and take them into a different direction that they weren't expecting because I, it's not that I want to take them out of their game. It's that when when they're in our house, they they have to follow our rules. Like take your shoes off at the door, and and make yourself comfortable. We'll get you a drink, but follow our rules. And our our rules have always been answer the questions first. And if they look at it like there's a whole focus group there, they get so much valuable feedback that that typically would take them years to get. Yeah, uh, I, I just I can't even believe the amount of uh, wonderful apps that we're going to be having throughout the next year. Yeah. Matt, I saw your hand raised. Quick, yeah, quick question. I, I'd like to actually ask everybody in the group, um, yeah. since we're kind of talking about some of the app stuff. What, uh, what's everybody's favorite construction related 
app and why? Good question. Awesome question. Jim, you want to take it to start? Uh, I'm really digging Noify. Um, it's, uh, I like the flexibility, um, cloud-based, untethered. Um, and they, you know, it's just, it's just uh, solves a lot of the check boxes that I need. Mm -hmm. Jim, I'm going to ask you to expand. What kind of check boxes does it, does it hit? AIA billing, huge. Um, the, uh, the ability to send out, I mean, if you just think about just the invoicing process of, you know, the construction industry sometimes can, can really be the Beverly Hillbillies because they sort of, you know, we sit here, we got to sign this, we got to print it out, have it signed again. Then, oh, wait, let me go find Betty. She's got the stamp. I got to notarize this document. And the clipboard. But nobody cares. Clipboards. That's Richard's yeah. favorite yeah. thing about Yeah, she's got the clipboards on the back wall. Yeah. She's got to find the right one. Yeah, yeah. And so you can sort of, like, I mean, really, I mean, in this day and age, do we really need a notarized document? I mean, you look at it and you say, I, at least in this case, there, no, there's a place for notary, right? But like in this case, you say, they're just taking these things and throwing them in a pile. And really the architect saying, oh, I'm either going to pay it or I'm not. I mean, what other industry do you get to say, hey, I don't know whether my bill is good or not? Yes. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. Matthew, I would like for to hear your answer to that question. I asked the question, everybody else first. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's Louise's turn then. Um, we actually have not identified an app that we are using with our construction clients. Um, I do have a general construction construction client who also um, has a sister company that does landscape design. They've used co-construct very effectively. They implemented that a few years ago. It's helped them project manage their projects much more effectively and time, um, you know, collate their time. Um, but that was part of the reason why Construction Junction was attractive to me was to hear kind of what are other people using and what are the functionalities and why might we pick a specific app um, and that kind of thing. I will, I wanted to give a shout out to Matt because on, when we talked last week, he showed uh, how he utilizes Lucidchart. And um, I used it twice last week. Um, nice. I took what he had shown and I had a training I was doing for the local school chapter and I included it in there. And then um, I've got to tweak it now for a specific client situation, but it helped me demonstrate to them how they should be using QuickBooks Online and what the workflows should need to be. So I added Lucidchart. I was aware of it before, but I kind of paid for it last week and was kind of like, okay, I think we need to use this all the time uh, when we are doing our training, particularly, because I think it helps people see the flow. If they're a visual learner, it, it really helps. So. I love, love that you followed up directly on things that happened inside. It, yeah, I think I think that's one of the other things that I don't even realize all the time is there's a lot of follow-ups going on. There are a lot of continued conversations from those meetings that are had twice a month that really hold you accountable to your to your goals internally. And uh, I'm fascinated with that. That's fantastic. Thank you, Louise. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think we have two that we uh, really love. Noify is one that Jem already mentioned. 
Um, like Jim said, when I first found that, especially for the niche that Jim's following now, the specialty trades of contractor group, that there's not much else out in, in the market that's better. I'll also follow up on something that Louise said. I don't know, Louise, if you know that Builder Trend just purchased Co-Construct. So that's something I would like to keep an eye on in the industry because I want to see how that's going to change both programs. I will be fascinated to watch that unfold. So that's something that I think our group definitely can, can talk about and uh, look into as it goes forward. Yeah, Matt, what's your thought there? I see your face. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, you <laughs> keep going. I'm, I'm just, I was, I was triggering it to hold on to. <laughs> processing, processing. The other app that I love in the construction space is ClockShark because um, every time that we ever tried to bring one of our construction clients onto what is now QuickBooks time, T-Sheets back in the day, it's way too overblown. And the thing with ClockShark is it was originally built by and for contractors and they understand contractors needs, right? So absolutely love how the project workflow just flows nicely back and forth between ClockShark and QBO. So that's one of our main reasons for appreciating ClockShark in that space. I am full disclosure, I've worked with ClockShark a great deal I, in the past. And one of the other things that they're very, very good at is um, reacting to trends in the industry. So when California changed their Cal California overtime laws, ClockShark was on that. Amen. And you know, a fascinating story when Arizona enacted a law a couple of years ago that you had to pay a certain amount of uh, paid sick time per year. One of the parts of that law was that that had to be showcased on the paycheck stub in a very specific manner. None of the payroll companies stepped up to the plate. We actually got that done through ClockShark more quickly and more effectively than we got through any of the payroll companies right away. So kudos to them for being reactive in that way, Pro and proactive in that it's, way. It's also because they're agile. They are uh, definitely a growing company. I, I think they're doubling in size pretty much every year, but um, they're agile enough and they respect the people in the industry that bring them the things like, like that to say, hey, we have a, a need right now that we have to, to work on. I, I can also say there, you know, I, I know that Luke was a guest on the show uh, very recently, I think. Yep. Uh, it, he leads up their support and it's all driven by, you know, the attitudes and the feelings that, that Luke has instilled in that support team. Uh, I know to this yeah. day, if I reach out to Luke and go, Hey, client with a problem, he's like on it. What? Yes. Oh, years ago when they were still in New Mexico and I first started trying to figure things out, I would reach out and it was almost always Luke that answered me. And he, there was never anything that he wouldn't like dive in and help me solve. So yeah. he's always been amazing. Yeah, I Matthew, you need to answer your own question. We're dying. Yeah, to know. I'm. I'm dying to know too. What is it? Then we will. So first, the ah uh, moment earlier was as soon as I heard what you're talking about, builder trend buying co-construct. That is an amazing opportunity to inject this council to try to make sure we're helping to shape a quality product. Great idea um builder trends social media platform portal is the sexiest thing i've ever seen in an application on how they make it to where 
you can have your clients share the project online through social media. You're, you, <laughs> you actually have the ability to, um, not literally. Exactly. You're building, you're, you're letting them build your brand for you, basically. In case anybody uh, can't tell, we've been giving Matt a pretty hard time recently about saying the word literally far too often. I literally say it all the time. So like, <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, so yeah. that, that's that, one that's of the things, I like that idea, Matt. It's one of the things I've said for a long time. If you want to have a really awesome, amazing client portal as like a remodeler or a home builder, builder trends, uh, what they have built over there in terms of what your client will see. Like you said, it's, it's very sexy. What's amazing is when you take the time to connect with apps, it's amazing what can happen. And there's no better example than there are three of us all here that say the exact same app, Noify. Yep. Karen is the man. Yep. Madison is awesome. Tanya and I always have a discussion about who came first with Noify. Um, I'm accepting defeat. It's okay. Um, but working with working with them many, many years back and providing suggestions. And as a person who's developed an app as well, trying to, you know, try to take it to market everything else, everybody's feedback is amazing, but their solutions are not always amazing. <laughs> and they may think so. But the ones that take in that information and and make you feel heard and you see that they use it in the future you know they're going to be around for quite some time so my two biggest ones um it's actually i when i'm using smaller companies quickbooks online projects we're talking small construction stuff if it's larger if it's residential like flips everything else you got to go further on very quickly and i immediately go to notify immediately i love that they have put they they've logically thought through things to do such as the ability to from in the platform register for different permits in different cities i mean how awesome is that i mean it's not every city but somebody the owner doesn't have to go sit in line down there for an hour and a half waiting to get a permit handled so they can start a job they can do it from inside the platform mm -hmm. uh the contracts they were always so helpful about how how you can manipulate the contracts they'll work with you they'll help you put together templates um it, it's just a beautiful beautiful product so those are my two real primary construction ones I, I love that uh, there was uh, some wonderful overlap there. Uh, one of the things that I, I really love when we dissect apps, whether it be live with the app developer or uh, in an individual group, is we talk through the good and the bad and the ugly, and everybody's opinion is, is heard because uh, we've seen it countless times, Tanya, where somebody says, this app is wonderful and we love it. And then the very next statement is, here's my experience when trying to get this thing resolved. And it's uh, it's like, oh no, what, what, what is that all about? And so it, it gives everybody um, not just all of the, the, the positives and the, the woo-woos about a particular app, it also uh, helps you take into account all the other things so that you can really make an informed decision for your clients. 
Um, I I love that uh, you guys are being so agile about, and I think I'm now overusing the word agile today. So I'll I'll give I'll uh, mark that down on the list right next to. Uh, I'll literally uh, remind you every time you use it. Literally list, yes. I I figured you would, uh, but. But um, listening to all of the opinions uh, is uh, one of the best things in the world that you can do to really make informed decisions. I think one of the other things that really comes out of these groups is um, we've all heard a thousand times, at least a month, you know, fire the bad clients. Yes, we all believe in that. But when? And how? And how? And how do you disengage? and all of the things that go along that. And I'm always just in awe when I see a brand new person who's never done that process and eight or 10 people are like, okay, let's walk through this so that you got it. Because here's the situation. This is how we would have that conversation. And this is what we would provide unless they've been a jerk. And if they've been a jerk, here's what we would provide. And so you really get kind of this three-dimensional look at, um, I'm not only about to fire somebody, but how do I do it? Do I have the confidence to do it? Am I gonna be okay? Got people there cheering them on to just make sure they got through it. And after that first time, it's empowering. I think that's huge for firing clients. You said that's so empowering. And I think that happens in almost every aspect of running our business when we really are diving in and utilizing Roundtable to its full extent. Like the whole community of people is always willing to dive in and not just say, here's what I would do, but to like step up side right alongside you and help you do it. I think one of my favorites actually just happened a couple of weeks ago. It was Friday night and it was the Friday before Easter. So I don't know if that was a week or two weeks ago because days blend together now. Uh, but uh, it was the Friday before a holiday weekend and five o'clock and one of our members reached out and said, I'm doing an enormous cleanup and I'm stuck on fill in accounting question of the moment. And I, I saw no less than three people jump in and say, here's what I would do, but if you need further explanation, and these are people that were hours away time zone wise, let's jump on a Zoom, happy to help you get through your weekend project. At least three people did that. And it, that was within five minutes of the, the plea going up. And I've never been prouder yeah. because it's people helping people. and. Yeah, that kind of sets everything I want to say about it. I love it. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this conversation. I think we may have gone a little bit over our normal podcast time, but I think it's a fantastic conversation, one that needed to be had. And I cannot say uh, thank you more to Richard and to all of you guys that are in the roundtable for um, being a part of my journey, for helping me uh, continue that journey and for being in my black belt class. As Jim has brought up. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that should be our theme song. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> like it. I like it. I think YMCA would be better. I, I got the moves down. Yeah, okay. I got it. I still have it. 
So yeah. You guys, if you come to the next construction junction roundtable and everybody was kung fu fighting as playing as you join, now you know why. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. I appreciate this conversation. I do Thank too. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Construction Junction. To find out more about the junction between accounting and construction, please email hello at theprofitconstructors.com.